I press my little M key. <laughs> and then uh, I, several days from now, I will delete everything you just heard. <laughs> um, hi, welcome to Lukewarm Takes. It's like hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm Ford. Uh, and this is one of our short episodes. Our short king episodes. <laughs> just like, wait. Just I need to check something before I make this joke. <laughs> Time out, everybody. Never mind, he's 5'11". Who is? Paul Dano. Paul Dano isn't short. He's, like, infamously, like, a pretty lanky guy. You can be lanky and short. True, but he looks tall. You know? I think he looks like he is my height. No, he doesn't. I think he does. <laughs> You're insane. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we already know I'm insane because I'm in love with Paul Dano's Riddler. Who is a fascist. <laughs> Listen. He's... I could fix him. He could fix me. What does he have to offer? He is a fascist. Whimsy. <laughs> Whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> Whimsy. <laughs> he is a fascist who lives in his who hasn't gone outside and he has his little live streams on Reddit. Yes, and they are whimsical live streams. They are about bringing guns to a public place. No, the comment section is about bringing guns to a public place. The video starts with, hey guys, thanks for all the comments. He's, he's like, my crush doesn't like me? Fine, I'm going to wail like an 18th century maiden whose he love draws, is not returning from sea. He draws a question mark in his coffee. He sings Ave Maria he whenever, does he, sing get, Ave Maria. whenever he gets rejected. And he's really bad at it. He's like, he's like, oh, my crush doesn't like me? Fine. Ave Maria. And then, and then spoiler alert, Gotham floods. <laughs> Um, spoiler alert, Gotham fucking blows up. Yeah. Should I do my spiel? Do the spiel. There's not really a beginning. It's mostly an ending spiel. Um, you're, it's lukewarm takes. We have a Patreon for our production company. <laughs> Why can I not <laughs> formulate a sentence today? Um, we have a Patreon. Uh, if you pay us $5 or more a month on this Patreon, your name gets onto a special little list that lives in my computer. A list that I will now read from. <laughs> uh, this is going really well. Big thanks. <laughs> big thanks to Samantha Shea, Jonathan Humard, Alti, Morgan Patterson, Theo Hendry, why am I counting on my fingers? Jace Pastris, Ollie Science, Juno, Jan Aloni, Dylan Bochamp, Aaron Subbo, Iris Newland, Connor Fox, and Adrian Frisbee. Um, if you would like your name to be on that secret special little list, um, please subscribe to our Patreon. It'll be linked below. Yeah, and then we'll know your information, I guess. Yeah, and then we'll be able to send you little emails, and you'll get on the Discord, um, where... And what happens on the Discord? What... So much happens on the yeah. Discord. Like... Recently, recently, people have been sharing pictures of Hamantaschen. Yeah, that has been lovely. Yes, it has been. Uh, it's a nice change of pace from Warrensler. Yeah, there's also been some really, some really terrible things going down <laughs> relating to Nemesine and the Warrensler. Um, you forgot Sansley. 
Oh yeah, and Sans Undertale. Yeah. And in case you're wondering, what's Sansley? It's Sans and Huxley. Yeah, it's Huxley of Nemesign fame, but he's Sans Undertale. And if you're thinking, that doesn't make sense, no it doesn't. Drawn by someone who has not listened to Nemesign? Yeah. Um, what was gonna happen? Oh, I have news. I don't know why I got rid of my laptop, because it's I got the news. Um, <laughs> you hold the key. You hold the key. I hold the news. Also... If you would like a sneak peek into Nemesis season two, gonna... <laughs> I'm gonna do this bit. Shut up! If you are watching the video episode, this is gonna be really funny. Yes. If I can do this right, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> no, I don't like looking at it. I don't like looking at the infinite OBS void. <laughs> hold on. Hatred here's, in my heart. Here's my here's my sneak peek of Nemesis. Season two. It's nothing! Isn't it beautiful? It's it's my draft. Force planned this joke out before we hit the court. And I said, this is gonna be really funny. And Jack said, okay. <laughs> I sure did. It was not that funny. I think I think it was good. Thank you. It was a good joke. Um, yeah, I have Do we wanna talk about Batman now and oh then go God. to news or do we wanna do news first? News first and then Batman. That's okay. my little treat. Okay. Um, Because as you can see, I like Batman. Yeah, we watched the Batman twice in three days. Yeah. I had this before then, but I just like Batman. Um, Okay. What am I starting with? Oh, first, um, Disney, you know him, um, has stopped, uh, paused all licensing and distribution rights in Russia Mm -hmm. um, due to the atrocities. Yeah. Um... Which I think other companies have also done this, but Disney is definitely the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a decent move. It does feel a bit performative. Um, it also they're not they're not stopping in any other countries that are doing atrocities. Of course not. No. Um, okay. <laughs> um, it's just yeah. It's. I don't, I don't really, I don't have an informed enough opinion about this, um, but my, my gut instinct is that, like, it's, it's a good idea, but weirdly executed, and weirdly, like, specifically executed. I don't know. For sure. Yeah. Um. Also, there are walkouts going on at Disney, I think, today. Yes, uh, so if you have a Disney Plus subscription that you are currently paying for, cancel it. If you are not paying for your Disney Plus subscription, don't use it. Yeah. Just don't support Disney and stand with the, and stand with the LGBT workers. Yeah. Um, do you know, do you know anything else about the, the walkout? Uh, I know that Pixar... Uh, at least Pixar and its various accounts have taken a very direct stance against their main corporate uh, entity. Like, because uh, nice. I've seen a lot of postings specifically from Pixar employees, especially in the wake of Turning Red. Mm-hmm. Because Turning Red, it, as we all know, has was released last week and it was a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, but it was also supposed to be a lot queerer and like... Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's supposed to be more scenes of explicit representation, but Disney... 
intentionally removed them. And so a lot of uh, Pixar employees were like, this isn't the only time this has happened and you need to know that. Like, this is very much so a thing of like, we will suggest these stories that are very much so like far more representative of ourselves and like the people who work here, but then they continue to get pared down and pared down and pared down until mm -hmm. they're not even the same story anymore. And so uh, how can we say that we love this company and that this company uh, treats us well if it won't even acknowledge us? Yeah. And so that was in like a big letter that one of uh, that uh, a bunch of the Pixar employees wrote, wrote to their Disney overlords. Cool. So that's sort of like a TLDR version of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the next few days, lay off Disney and Disney subsidiaries. And if you want to watch Turning Red, the artists already got paid. Just go pirate. Yeah. Just go hoist, hoist the Jolly, Jolly Roger. Roger. We're going to make merch of that one day. A little callback yeah. to season one. We'll, we'll make merch of that eventually. We will. Um... Alright, also, I haven't seen Turning Red, and when it first came out, I really didn't want to, um, but with everything I've seen about it, like, the, the response that it's been getting, I, I have changed my mind, and I do want to watch it Yes! <laughs> I've been wanting to watch it so bad! Yeah. I, I, I haven't found a time to watch it yet, but I really, really, really want to. It's still, it still doesn't seem like the brand of coming of age that I gravitate towards, um, yeah, but however, I'm just really excited because the animation style is really cute. It is, and I really like. I like that Pixar. Uh, everyone say thank you into the Spider Verse because the big reason we're seeing this shift in CGI and like I want to talk about this real quick. Quick, yeah. quick departure. We've been seeing this huge change in the way that CGI, like as like uh, in terms of like 3D animation, has been changing because of the response to Into the Spider-Verse, which was so overwhelmingly positive to this unique style of 3D animation. So Pixar changed its tune, so did Disney a bit. And like we're seeing this too because like yesterday the trailer for this the new Puss in Boots movie, The Last Wish, came out and everybody was absolutely drooling over it because it was like a new DreamWorks production that was using this stylized 3D animation that was very clearly influenced by Spider-Verse. Nice. So I think moving forward into the 20, into the 2020s, we're going to see a lot more very stylized 3D animation, and the only reason that we got that is because of Spider-Verse. Right. Oh, it's so pretty! It's gorgeous! Like, look at that! Look at the liquid! Like, look at his eyes! Yes! There, oh there's God. this beautiful scene in the, uh... Puss, Puss in Puss in Boots is not unattractive. Yeah. No, there's this beautiful scene. We'll have to watch it after we finish up here, but there's this great scene in the trailer with, like, uh him fighting this giant and it's like so beautifully animated mm -hmm. there's also this really cool scene with like this wolf guy uh i think hold on i liked it on twitter and i can show you real quick okay uh but it's very very good it's like what i don't know what it is like with the wolves and dreamworks this year but they're like they keep making hot wolves and i'm beginning to feel like there's like a higher percentage of furries at dreamworks than there is at the other companies and i that's Boy. my working theory Bestie. Yeah. I think that there is an equal percentage of furries in every animation studio, mm -hmm. and that percentage is a hundred. <laughs> no, you're I don't I don't think that there are any non-furry animation studio employees. You make an excellent point. I just feel like the you know what, I'm changing my theory then. I feel like most of the people at DreamWorks are wolf. Okay. Yeah. 
Like, that's my new working theory, which is that it's not that none of them aren't their furries. It's yeah. that in DreamWorks, they're really they're into wolf wolves. furries. Yeah, they're really into wolves. Yeah, let's Were see. you the one? I saw a post today that was um, a gif of Tony Collette taking the daughter's notebook away as she's drawing it um, in the funeral scene in Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that gif. And the caption for it was like, animation studio execs gatekeeping another fetish scene. Yeah. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> yes. Here. Oh, that's a good wolf. Yeah, like. Oh, he's communist. <laughs> <laughs> he's a commie wolf. In case you can't see. Here. I was about to say, just like Nick Wilde, not a wolf, definitely yeah. not a communist. Here's the, here's the wolf in question. From okay. DreamWorks' Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And also, by the way, crazy premise that movie has, because the entire premise is that Puss in Boots has died eight times, which means that he He's is on now his on his last place. life. So now he has to decide what he wants to do with his last life. That's and fun. And I'm like, this is very good and absolutely insane. As an old guard fan, I think I will enjoy this movie. Yeah, I will um, probably watch it, because it looks really good. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, the Critics' Choice Awards were this past Sunday. Um, I have done the work of going through all of the nominees and winners and distilling it into a couple of nice little highlights for you. Yes, hold on. I also have one, but I have to find it, so you go. Okay. Um, Dune won basically all the visual effects awards. Yeah. Um, that's understandable. That's a given. Yeah. Um, it, it beat Nightmare Alley for production design. Um, which honestly, honestly surprised me a little bit because the production design of Dune is that there's nothing there. And it's like, very tastefully there is nothing there. Um, but while we were, while we were watching it, there was one point where I was like, do these people have any hobbies? (laughs) Like there are no, there is nothing around. Yeah, no, the, the hobby is staring at wall. Yeah, the hobby is like going into the dust and getting assassinated. Um. But I, I understand. It was just, I... Yeah, if, if I were in charge of everything, I wouldn't have picked such a minimalist movie for production design. Um, but I think that it did do a really good job. Um, what else did I have? Oh, Succession. Uh, this, they cleared out the supporting drama. Uh, Kieran Culkin won supporting actor. Sarah Snook won supporting actress. Um, they were both the only people in the world who deserved that. Um... Power of the Dog won so much, um, which is a harbinger for the Oscars. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to clean house. Yeah, it, it cleaned house here. Um, but despite the fact that it is a Benedict Cumberbatch movie, um, Jane Campion, no, Campion won Best Director for that movie. Um, she was the only woman nominated and she beat del toro and spielberg yeah um which means she's probably going to do it at the oscars yeah so there is that yeah i feel like we have to watch power of the dog we do we'll we'll watch it we'll give a review we'll be thorough i just don't i don't like westerns that much yeah and also the last like real western that i watched was devil all the time which i really did not like um yeah so it's sort of like i've been i've been hurt I've been hurt by modern westerns starring a British, uh, famous British actor before. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it's gay. Power of the Dog? Yeah. Oh. Why does Benedict Cumberbatch keep playing gay men? 
Why does he keep playing autistic men? That's <laughs> so true. Why do you keep playing gay autistics? Yeah. Literally, your career is Sherlock, Alan Turing, and this guy? Yeah, like, why do you hate- you hate gay and autistic people so much. Yeah. Oh my god, also here's Frankenstein. Yeah, wow. exactly. Wow. Um, Frankenstein and Victor, uh, and Victor. Yeah, because they switched off. Yes. Um, the awards for a film that did not go to Power of the Dog, by and large, went to Belfast. Um, a movie I know literally nothing about, so... <laughs> Just so you know. Ted Lasso, again, won um, every single comedy award. Yeah. Um, and no. I continue to not really understand why. Like, I, I, guess, I mean, I guess I understand why, because Shit. it's the only... It's the only comedy that is, like, being produced right now that isn't, like, deeply strange. Yeah. Um, like, the other options are, like, what we do in the shadows. Yeah. Which... I'm still, like, don't get me wrong, I've seen some of Ted Lasso, and I can understand why people like it, because it's, like, a very positive show. Mm-hmm. But, like, you are right that a lot of it comes down to the fact that people don't want to watch the weird stuff. Yeah, to me, to me, it doesn't seem like Ted Lasso is winning because it is particularly, like, extraordinary. It seems like it's winning because the people in charge of awards shows and the general public would rather watch Ted Lasso than a show like What We Do in the Shadows. Or, more recently, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, or Our Flag Means Death. Um, Or even, like, Reservation Dogs. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something... something... Let the weird shows win. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of it just has to do with uh, with people being like, ew, that looks weird. And like, yeah. don't get me wrong, it's not that Ted Lasso isn't good, it's just that it's not superior. Exactly. Like, I, I think that, like, if you take a step back and, like, compare, like, the design and, like, thought processes of the shows, I think Wooditz is better, honestly. Yeah. Um, but what are you gonna do? Um, moving on. Oh, wait, in oh. a quick... Yes. Uh, another quick little animation community thing. Yes. Uh, there was a huge upset with the Critics' Choice Awards because Marvel's What If won over all other shows, including, but not limited to, Invincible, Arcane, Maya and the Free, Maya and the Three, Smiling Friends, <laughs> like Bob's Burgers. That's what, that's insane. Arcane is so beautiful. Yeah, and you want to know what the nominees were? Because it's this is going to make you real mad. Yeah. The nominees were What If, Big Mouth, Bluey, which does deserve it. Bluey's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a cute show. Bob's Burgers, The Great North, and Q-Force. I think Big Mouth should have won. Like, those were the options they had. Yeah. I think, actually, when did Arcane... 2021? Okay. Invincible came out in 2020. I'm just trying to remember what the window is, because it might be that Arcane will get nominated next year. Yeah, because, like, Invincible was in the window, though. Interesting. So was Maya and the Three. Like, a lot of these shows were within the window. Damn. Arcane? Arcane feels like the Spider-Verse of TV shows. Um, Yeah. Just, like, in anime- Like, the animation style of Arcane reminds me so much of Miles' universe. Mm-hmm. Um, in, like, its stylization. Yeah, and I see a lot of people, like, being like, oh, I'm glad Arcane didn't win because League of Legends. It's like, okay, calm your fucking tits. Like, it's, I'm, I understand that you're mad because it's League of Legends. I don't care about League of Legends either. But objectively, it's a very good-looking show, yeah. and it's a very well-put-together story. Yeah, and it's like, 
Yeah, Arcane, Arcane winning an animation award. Yes, it might, um... What is the word I'm looking for? Benefit? No. I'm gonna go with galvanize, but that's not the word I want. Uh, it might galvanize League of Legends fans yeah. a little too much, um, but it's beautiful and deserves critical recognition. Yeah, like, there is no denying the fact that they really made an accomplishment like, yeah. in TV animation with that show. Yeah. So, um, My next two things... Well, my next one thing is very funny to me, um, but they're just like little TV show updates. Uh, Tegan and Sarah have a memoir that is being adapted into a TV show, um, and they have just cast the leads, which will be playing Tegan and Sarah respectively, and it is a pair of TikTok twins. You're joking. No. Tegan and Sarah found these twins on TikTok. It does not seem like they are act like it doesn't seem like acting is the thing they do on TikTok. Um, but they were like, oh my god, these TikTokers are just like us for real, and cast them in their show. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, the show is about them in high school. Um, if I remember correctly, it might just be called High School. Great SEO there, lads. Um, my, you love to see it. By that logic, my twin sister and I could play Tegan and Sarah. The twins do look like Tegan and Sarah. Okay. <laughs> like, there is a there is a resemblance. It's just funny. Um, Are they both lesbians? I don't know. But the show is about them realizing they are lesbians. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then, oh, there's a, they're making an interview with the vampire show um, on AMC. Yes, it is, it is called Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire. Of course. Which makes it very different from the movie. <laughs> um, and... They, I don't remember who they cast, but I saw that they just cast the journalist who does the interview with the vampire. Yeah. Um, and he's old and not in a DILF way. And so I think that whoever is casting this show is misunderstanding what people liked about Interview with the Vampire. Which is that it was a bunch of hot men. Yeah, yeah. Like, it has nothing to do... I did not watch Interview with the Vampire for the plot. Um, the I, plot was really only interesting in the first 45 minutes and the last 20 minutes, and it's a three-hour movie. <laughs> you only watch Interview with a Vampire because they put Brad Pitt in a long wig. Yeah, and it's like, halfway through the movie, you're like, you. it gets so boring that you're like, I might as well give up, and then they throw in Antonio Banderas, and you're like, oh, I guess I'll keep watching. Yeah, you're um, like, oh, Antonio. Yeah, and you're like, Antonio, and Brad Pitt does the same thing. Um... So it it worries me that they have cast one unsexy man because I feel like it's paving the way for many unsexy men in a show that is only good yeah. based on its, num its percentage of sexy men. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out, uh, we didn't mention this in the pre-show, but I just remembered it. Uh, during the <laughs> Send in the Bats uh, short film, uh, she's reading by the pool. She is re she's walking around the pool reading Interview with the Vampire. Which is like, should have been our first sign that she was a it was a 50-year-old woman directing this. Yeah. Um, if you want to know more about that, pay for our Patreon so you can listen to the pre-show. Yeah. Um, there's a film called Send in the Bats. Don't watch it. Yeah. Also, she gets pushed in the pool. <laughs> she does get pushed in the pool. It's funny. Yeah. Anyways, continue. The woman who wrote that film had not been bullied. Um, that's, that's all I had to say about the show. Just... Why Why no sexy men? Um, Where's hot people? Where are the hot people? Um, next, and last, 
Uh, and then we'll tell you a little bit about the Batman 2022. Because we have um, so many things to say. Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of diversity reports have been coming out about Hollywood and the UK um, in the last couple weeks, mm -hmm. which have been very interesting. Um, the gist of it is that Hollywood is getting better, but very slowly. Um, and the UK is getting worse. Um, some quotes for you. The first one from Hollywood Reporter. Uh, quote, among the lead or co-leads in 2021's 100 highest grossing films, 41% were women and 32% hailed from a historically excluded race or ethnicity, according to the latest research brief from the USC Annenberg Inclusion Initiative. Um, so we're seeing a lot more films starring or at least co-starring um, women and women of color. You love to see it. Finally. Um, yeah. I did not see anything um, about, like, executive roles, so I don't know if those are getting better or worse. Yeah. Uh, um, I would love if they would do some more statistics on behind-the-scenes Yeah. Work. Well, the UK report that I found is mostly behind-the-scenes work, and it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, the quote that I have is from Deadline. Um, and it says, representation of disabled people in senior roles over the past five years has fallen from 6.6% to 4.5%, miles behind the circus 17% national average. Um, and there were similar statistics for other minorities. Um, yeah, it's, this is exactly why you need, like, statistical reports, because you... It, it is very easy for them to hide behind a camera and be like, we are exactly. we're doing diversity because look at look at our cast. Yeah, and in in the UK, which is why I this is why I gave the caveat of like I don't know what's going on in executive levels in Hollywood. I didn't find a report on that um, because what I learned in the UK is that despite these levels going down in senior roles and executive roles, they're going up in mid and lower tier roles in the UK film hierarchy mm -hmm. um which means that like the roles that are more public facing and have less decision power are being filled with minorities so that it looks like they're doing a good job yeah like once again this is why statistical reporting is really important whenever it comes to the film yeah. industry because it's like you can't let them hide behind cameras yeah and this is like <laughs> There's there's no there's no world where I will unironically say like more female CEOs. Yeah. Um but a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like here's the thing. Here's the thing of it. Not more female CEOs, but maybe more female executive producers. <laughs> yeah, like here's the thing of it cuz like people have pointed this out about 10 million times. Like black people especially have pointed this out about 10 million times. But putting people who are minorities into positions of power does not inherently fix the problem. Exactly. But it would... I, I... Yeah. It doesn't fix, like, structural problems like capitalism, but it, it's, it, it does fix the problem of telling stories about minorities um, in art. Yeah, exactly. Like, two things can be simultaneously true. Yes. Amazing. Cool. Um... That's all the news that I had. Yeah. Uh, now to talk about my little scrimblo, my poor little meow meow, my kicked puppy on the side of the road. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> he is my love. I, I want to hold him like this. That, that, um, panic at the disco banks having Nirvana listening, word stumbling mother. 
that Bruce you're Wayne. that you're not my dad, piece of sh. He says that. He says you're not my dad. I love this movie. It's, um, it's so good. Yeah. We saw the Batman twice in three days. Yeah. That's the level we're on. Like, here's the thing. Uh, so I was at dinner with with uh, with John the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like talking about passively about the bat about the Batman, and they were like, uh, I, they were like, I didn't, they were like, I guess this is all you needed to have like a, a hyperfixation on Batman. I was like, oh no, that that's not what it's about exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing, I love Batman, uh, I love this interpretation of Batman, and I like that this Batman could become Bat Dad because it makes so much sense. Because here's the thing about this Bruce Wayne. This is the only Bruce Wayne I could truly plausibly believe would look at a ten year old and be like, "Yeah, that should be fighting. They should be fighting crime." I saw the Tumblr post that that is yeah. today. Yeah, exactly. Like it makes sense. Like, uh, like a ten, like you would look at a ten year old and be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, you can fight crime. Yeah, you can um, fight crime. But furthermore than that, it's been a gateway for my re- for remembering my love of all the Robins. So that's been my life. I see. Um, this is the only Batman movie I have actively watched, unless Joker 2019 counts. I don't think it counts Okay, this is the only Batman movie I have actively watched. Um, and I've really liked it. Yeah. Um. It's just, like, genuinely, like, a good movie. Yeah. Like, it doesn't try to be, like, a part of some great cinematic universe. Yeah. Which is where I think it succeeds. It did set itself up for a sequel, which is inevitable in today's world, but I hate. I do not think there should be a sequel. It doesn't need it one. It ends on such a nice note. Um, and it feels like I, I've, been, I've been holding my tongue on this comparison, but it feels like Citizen Kane a lot, um, where it is like, it's this like sweeping epic about this one guy and his troubled, troubled life, even though he's really rich. Um, yeah. But I think it does it so well. Yeah. I, it's so nice. The the noir elements it really, really ma- get me. Yeah, it really takes Batman back to its roots of being, like, what DC actually is, which is detective comics. Yes. Like, so it, it's a detective story, first and foremost, because it's about Batman in his early years, and Batman is the world's greatest detective. Uh, and it, so it succeeds really well with that. Uh and it does what the other Batman movies, I feel like, failed in a lot of aspects, which is making Bruce Wayne a truly sympathetic character. Yeah. He cannot talk to Catwoman at all. That man's a virgin. Yeah. Selina, Selina is delivering these, like, Shakespearean lines. She's so witty. She's so quick. And Bruce just stands there, and he's like, We can't, we can't kill people. <laughs> um, my favorite part is whenever he's at the funeral before everything goes horribly wrong and uh the the current front-running candidate for the gotham mayor mayoral ship uh is uh is bill royale and she like runs up to him and is like ah mr wayne like you're so reclusive i've been trying to call you it's been so hard to get a hold of you and he's like sorry and no he doesn't even say he does not say anything she just talks at no him. he says like two words exactly <laughs> two words and then she keeps talking and then she's like hold on i'm getting a call will you wait for me and he's like no he words. just stands there he just stands there like watching her leave and then he goes back to dissociating yeah bruce bruce just stands there and people happen to him i love it yeah he is joining the war on autism on the side of autism he is <laughs> Um, 
What else was I going to say? Oh, what I loved about this movie is that it was dark, but you could still see. Um, Hollywood has such a problem of being like, our movies are going to be dark to show the shadows that uh, extend over our characters' lives and show how dark their minds are. And then you just cannot see sh Um, But what Matt Reeves did, or whoever the gaffer was, what Matt Reeves did um, was like, it all took place at night for the most part, but the scenes that were at night, it wasn't about the darkness, it was about like the, the like street lights in the dark, and so it was a lot of like yellowy tones, and it was all like really well lit, but you yeah. got the sense that it was dark outside, even though you could see all the details. And then a lot of the scenes took place like, like at blue hour, right before sunrise, and those were gorgeous yeah, like they were so beautiful to look at yeah like there's this great scene it's a hilarious scene where uh they have the penguin like uh where they had the penguin captured and they're like questioning him about him being the rat yeah. and like even though it's like definitely meant to be like the the pitch dark of night you can still see their faces you can see everything like you can see what they're doing you can see the interaction they're having it was so refreshing i like because i have seen so many dark ass movies it had not even occurred to me that a movie could be dark and you could still see um so thanks matt yeah it was really refreshing to be able to go into a movie and not be worried about seeing stuff yeah and i was worried about it because initially in the trailer it was like really dark yeah so i was like oh here we go again yes but no you could see um you could see paul dano's sweet sweet face jesus christ so clearly he doesn't have whimsy! What is it then? What would you call it? Lunacy! Is there a difference? Yes, there is! No! One gets you sent to Arkham, one puts you on a Manic Pixie Dream Girl arc! He is my Manic Pixie Dream Girl arc! <laughs> From where? Prison? Yeah, sure. He's gonna- he'll, he'll escape. Just like they do every time, because Ar yes. Arkham Asylum is apparently built out of styrofoam. He's going- listen. Paul Dano's Riddler is going to escape, and he's going to run so fast away from Arkham <laughs> Prison, and the police are going to be after him, and so he's going to duck into an office building and go up to a random floor and burst through the elevators. And while this is happening, I, an advertising executive, will be walking out of a conference room where I just had a really unsatisfactory meeting with a client, um, and I'm going to be just starting to question my place in the world and why am I doing this job. And Paul Dano is going to burst through the doors, um, and our eyes, our eyes meet, our eyes meet across the hallway. And then he pulls of a this gun. Top floor. No, he doesn't have a gun. He just escaped from prison. <laughs> he picked one up. No, he didn't. He was running. He, uh, he, he's there. Our eyes meet. Um, he, he runs up to me. Uh, he produces from his pocket a a little embroidery that he has done while whilst in Arkham. Um, it looks like the cards that he would leave for the Batman at all the crime scenes in the Batman 2022. Um, but this one is addressed to me. How did he know we would be here? I ask him. How did you know this would happen? Um, and he goes, he goes, I didn't. I just make cards for random people. And this one, see, this one spoke to me when I saw you. Um, and then we will go out for coffee. Uh, he will draw a little question mark in the foam in his latte, and I will find that so endearing. And then we will kiss sweetly under the streetlight. And then he'll be like, "Hey, do you want to get on my? Do you want to get on my Reddit page with a bunch of fascists?" 
Yeah, he, he'll be like, do you want to get on the Reddit page? And I'll be like, Paul Dano, let me tell you about Karl Marx. Um, and then we'll be fine. No, he won't. Yes, he <laughs> He's... They blew... He blew up the city. I can fix him. And he you can, can fix, fix a, me. You can fix a terrorist? Yeah. Goddamn, call the U.S. government. We got this shit on lock. I can't fix any terrorist. I can fix Paul Dano. How would you fix him? I would fall in love with him, and uh-huh. he would fall in love with me, and then I would be like, hey, now that we trust each other, let me tell you why you shouldn't be fascist. And because we are in love, he would listen to me. I'm tell- we are in love, and he he is just in need of direction. He is so lost, he just needs affection <laughs> and for someone to put him on the right path. God, I am glad you were with Alex. This is a joke, listeners. I am so glad you were with Alex. I am just really infatuated with Paul Dano's Riddler. I think his Riddler is great, but I didn't go out of that theater thinking, ooh, you know what? This man is dateable. This man, I he's a cat. I don't think he's dateable. That's a joke. <laughs> It's like, damn. The only part of it that's not a joke is that I am infatuated with him. It's like, damn, this guy, he's a catch. He, I love him. I do um, think he's great, and I do think it was very charming of him to start singing Ave Maria before he blew up a city. Yes, it was. Okay. Also, he tried to, he, he tried to run over a ten-year-old. He did try to run over a ten-year-old. It was, it was like a, a good moment, because it's like, ah, Bruce saves this child, and it's like, this moment of him seeing himself in another person. Wait, no, he didn't try to run over that ten-year-old. No, he didn't, technically. But it was more like... No one did. A man a man with a bomb attached to him was forced to drive a car into a church. He didn't know who was going to be in his way. Yes, he did! He didn't... He had no way of knowing... And also no choice in whether or not to hit that 10-year-old. Yeah, no, I meant more like he definitely knew who was going to be in the church because it okay. was like a big city That's memorial. Yeah, that's fair. Like, that was the whole point. I just don't think that he... I don't think that in his instructions that he gave that guy... Were run over a 10-year-old. Yeah, I don't think that the instructions he gave Gil were like, make sure you hit that kid. <laughs> I still think that... I still think that he probably thought about it. He was like, ooh, two for one bonus. <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> he, was, he was like, by the way, if you can mow someone over on your way in, that would be sweet too. <laughs> please, please try to hit as many people as possible. This, ever- is not, this is not part of the black... Ma- this is not part of the, the threatening instructions I'm giving you. It would just be, if you want to do me this solid... You could just hit a couple people. It's like, hey, have you ever played Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> just try and do that. Yeah. Okay, do you have any just, final thoughts on the Batman 2022? Just make a big sweeping motion. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are, I love Bruce Wayne, and I'm going to, and I want to make him, put him in a little jar. Yeah. I, I, I think I second that final thought. I, I, I think he's so pathetic. I want to keep him in my pocket. Yeah. He's so sad looking. And I desperately need him, like, listen, not to be the exact kind of sucker they market to with their stupid little cinematic universes, but I think the Birds of Prey Harley Quinn and Batman- I've seen so much art of them hanging out. Yeah, and I need it. I need it so bad. Have you seen the art of they go out together 
and they go to Build-A-Bear, and Harley yeah. Quinn gets the Batman Build-A-Bear, and <laughs> Batman gets the Harley Quinn Build-A-Bear. Yeah. It's so good. I haven't even seen Birds of Prey. It's it's probably my favorite superhero movie. I really want to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's wrap this up. Great. <laughs> Should I do my spiel? Do the spiel. We're a Brain Rot Presents production. Um, that means you can follow us on any social media platform at brainrot underscore presents. That's presents with no E's. Um, you can also subscribe to our Patreon. I already told you all of the, the fun stuff you get with that. Um, it's great. You should, you should pay us. Um, if you can't afford a monthly subscription, uh, we have a place where you can make a one-time donation. All of that will be linked below. If you don't give a f- um, we have our own Instagram. It's lukewarmtakesec. Um, we, it is not very active, but we have it. Um, that's everything. Mm-hmm. I did it. You did it. I did. Congratulations. Thank you. I think I'm going to go <laughs> to bed, honestly. I mean, okay. I don't know. Maybe we'll watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, I was about to say, oh I was like, here's the thing, though. I would really like to watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, we're Bad. in our Breaking Bad era. Yeah. Uh, I, I love Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Speaking of guys, I want to shake around. Jesse Pinkman. Jesse Pinkman. Okay, we're going to go watch Breaking Bad. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone.